I thought how dirty rotten they have been to the Lord. They have. They've been awful. Haven't lived right. They've sought other gods. They went into idolatry. And I thought, how in the world can that be? But as I read a little more, I found out it's not how good that Israel's been to God. It's how good God's been to Israel. And so the reason he's blessing them the way they are right now is because he made a promise to them. He made a promise to Abraham. And that covenant that he made with Abraham goes down through the annals of time. One thing God doesn't do, he doesn't back out on something that he makes. If he makes a covenant, he's going to stick by it. And so what he did, he told, promised Abraham that I'm going to bless you. Your, 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 your children, your, your family is going to be like the dust, that dust. If anybody's able to count the particles of dust, they're able to count how many you are, like the stars in heaven. And he gave Abraham that promise. And Abraham believed that. We call Abraham the father of the faithful, but he made some mistakes in life. All of us are going to make mistakes. It's not that we need to dwell on our mistakes. We need to move forward. But let me read, starting at, at, in Genesis chapter 16, verse number 1, then I'll do a little background on the scripture that I'm going to read. Several verses of scripture, and I hope I don't bore you tonight. Starting in verse number 1, 16 and 1. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, bare him no children. She had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid, and may be that I have obtained children by her. And Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarai. And Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and after Abram, and dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. And he gave her, gave her to husband, to her husband Abraham, to be his wife. Notice that. Abraham did marry this Egyptian woman. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when he saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her, in her eyes. And Sarai said unto Abraham, A wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. And the Lord judged between me and thee. But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. The angel Lord found her by the fountain of waters in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Sir. And he said, Hagar, he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, whence camest thou? And whither wilt thou goest? And she said, I will flee from the face of my mistress, Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return unto thy mistress, and submit thyself unto her hand, under her hands. The angel of the Lord said unto her, I will, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, it shall be not numbered for the multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, thou shalt bear a son, She'll call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard the affliction. And he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, every man's hand against him. He should dwell in the presence of all his brethren. 
And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. For she said to Abraham, cast out this bond. I'm going to Genesis chapter 21 now. Genesis chapter 1, starting at verse number 9. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which he had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son. For her son is the her son of this bondwoman shall not be the heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, because of thy bondwoman, and all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for Isaac shall, thy seed shall be called. And also the son of the bondwoman will I make a, a nation, because of he is thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, took bread and a bottle of water, that's very important, and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child, and sent her away, and she departed wandered in the wilderness of Bathsheba. And the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. Weakness, and she just cast the child under the shrubs, and I'll stop right there. What I, what I wanted to say tonight in just continuing this scripture, weakness had overtaken this boy. He was about 15 to 17 years old. He wasn't a baby. So I was reading in the scripture. You take the time when Abraham's wife became pregnant and the time that, that Hagar became pregnant. There's about 15 years between those times. She cast this boy out, put him underneath a shrub. And she went and sat down over against a, a good way off. And it were a bow shot. And she said, let me not see the death of the child. She sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. Let's pray. Master, I love you. I want you to help me, God, tonight. Help my voice. Help my mind. God, let me teach what I feel in my soul. I love you, God, Lord, because all of you, God, thank you for all you've done. And I praise you, Lord, that you're powerful, God. Give me, God, the center of your will that I might stand upon your word. God, I love you, Lord, and I praise you for all you do. Bless God in the center of your will. Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. There's all kinds of messages preached today of gloom and despair. We preach about everybody going to hell, but we need to start preaching about people going to heaven. And I believe God's got a church that no man can number. And so when I read these passages of Scripture, I read about a situation that was probably should have never taken place. Maybe that's the way God planned it out. But Abraham's wife, Sarah, could not have a child. They'd been married quite some time. And she was childless. She wanted a child. And so she wanted it so bad that she had a handmaid. Her name was Hagar. When I read the history of Hagar, they say that Hagar was a princess in the kingdom of Egypt. She wasn't just a normal, regular human being. 
but she was known to be a princess in, in the kingdom of Egypt. And so for possibly that reason, she became the handmaid of Sarah. She watched, she washed the dishes, she cleaned the clothes, she cleaned the house, she did all of that because she was a handmaid. But then it got to the place that Sarah wanted children so bad. Don't rush the will of God, folks. Whatever you do, don't rush the will of God because that's not going to help you. It'll put you in a mess. And so she came to Abraham and said, Abraham, I can't bear any children, but I have a handmaid. And no doubt, Hagar was a good-looking lady, no doubt about that. And she told her husband, convinced him to marry her and have a child by her. And that would be the heir. And so that's what Abraham did. Abraham married this Egyptian woman. You know, sometimes you get in trouble when you marry out of the church. He married this Egyptian woman, even though Abraham was a father of faithful, as I said a moment ago, he made some mistakes in his life. So he married this Egyptian woman, and she became with child. She was thrilled about that, no doubt, but when she became with child, Sarah was very upset. She, matter of fact, she did not like it whatsoever because Hagar was going to have a baby. And she, she determined in her heart any way that she possibly could that said that Hagar's baby was not going to be the heir to her husband's throne, not going to be heir to what he had coming. So she made up her mind that. So finally, when, when God blessed Sarah and Sarah got with child and Isaac was born, then there was things that went on between these two ladies. You put two ladies in the same house, married to the same man, you're going to have trouble. I don't know how in the world the Mormons get by. I don't know how they do that. You say they don't do that. Yes, they do do that in some parts of the, of the world. They do that. But these two ladies got, as a matter of fact, they in when a conflict. There was a constant conflict in that house, a constant conflict about what was going on, a constant conflict about the child. And even though Hagar's child was a teenager, one day they had a, a special event to mark, for, to mark the birth of the child of Abraham Isaac. And when they did, they saw that, that Hagar saw that this lady's, husband, this lady's son mocking her, making fun of her. Of course, all the time the Bible said that, her, that, uh, that Sarah treated Hagar roughly. She, didn't, she wasn't very kind to her. Well, you can see how that would go on. So finally, she came to Abraham. And she said to Abraham, listen. I don't want this child to be the heir of our, of our inheritance that's coming. I, he has no business doing that. Because you've got one real blood son, really, that God recognized, and that's Isaac. And said, whatever you do, I want you to do. He said, well, she's your handmaid. Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. It's entirely up to you. She's not my handmaid, but she's yours. Even though Abraham was married to her, he gave his wife Sarah the first choice. Well, Sarah said, send her away. That's what you need to do. Send her away. So Abraham did that. Abraham packed up some water in a bottle, and he got some bread, and he gave it to Hagar and told her, and took that bread on her back, probably in a backpack of some kind, and then told her to take the boy and go. He did not want to turn her loose in the wilderness because that was sudden death, because the wilderness was dry and there was no water there, nothing, nothing to be eaten. 
but he sent her out anyhow because Sarah wanted her gone. You know what? You can love so much somebody so much that you'll do strange things in life. And then she did. She said, I want him gone. Abraham sent her out. And when he sent her out, he sent her out with bread and water, took that boy with her, and they took off. I don't know how long they wandered in the wilderness. Evidently, it was quite a while. They wandered so long that the water was all spent that they had taken with them, and the bread was all devoured. There was nothing left. Now, notice this boy was 15 or so years old, and he was so weak he couldn't hardly walk. And the Bible said, the Bible said that he took that boy and he, he, she cast him under a bush. I brought me a baby with me tonight. And I'll get her out of this box. Him. It wasn't she, but I took the pink off of her. Let's just pretend tonight that this was the baby that, that, that Hagar had had. She just cast him aside. There was a bush out there in the desert, and it was probably a rough-looking bush. She just took him over and cast him under that bush. She just didn't want to. And the Bible said she didn't want to see him die. She sat down, and she began to cry. But she wasn't the only one that was crying. And Ishmael was crying also. And the Bible said that the Lord heard the cry of Ishmael. He saw the tears of, of Hagar, but he heard the cries of Ishmael. And the angel of the Lord came to her and said, Listen, don't be crying. What's, what, what are you doing out here by yourself? What's going on? And she explained to him the whole situation. I was cast out. I left, left because my, my, my boss, my, my hand, my, um, the maid that, that had me, told me to leave, and so that's exactly what I've done. So I really don't, don't have anything. She was out there without hope. She was out there without anything to, to, to make her. So if I could title what I'm going to title tonight, I would just say we're going to talk about bush babies a little while. Somebody said, well, was he a bush baby? Yes, he was. They cast him out in that, in that dry desert place with no hope. You know, there are two people that we read about in the Bible. We read about the Jews read about the Gentiles. So I read quite a bit about the Jews today because I wanted to understand why they're the apple of God's eye. Had they done right all the time? Had they done everything that God asked them to do? Had they obeyed the word of God? Had they always been faithful? No, they hadn't. But again, it goes back to the promise that God made to Abraham. God made him a promise that he was going to take care of him. The Bible teaches us in the Old Testament in First Peter, rather, New Testament, chapter 2, verse number 9 and 10, it talks about us. He said, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. When the angel of the Lord talked to Hagar, he told her, said, Listen, there's no sense of crying because that boy underneath that bush right there is going to be a great nation. I'm going to multiply his seed. You know, we were lived without hope for such a long time. The Gentiles didn't have any hope. When Jesus Christ came, he came to his own first. That's who he came to. He didn't come to the woman at the well first. He came to his own first. 
And he tried to seek out those that, that he loved. Did he love everybody? Yes, he does. But he tried to seek out those who would follow after him, but they wouldn't do it. And so the Jews, even though they were the apple of his eye, but God had made Abraham a promise that he was going to take care of him. He's going to multiply them. And so when he came to his own and his own rejected him, he started looking elsewhere. And there was a baby under a bush, no doubt, if I can use it like that. And God looked and saw and said, listen, I want to bless that one just as much as I want to bless my own people. Because he told Hagar, said, you're going to have, he's going to be a great nation. God's going to bless you. And so that baby under that bush, friend, had some hope. We, we didn't have any hope until Jesus turned to us. We didn't have any. He sent men to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. He didn't have to do that. But the Jews had rejected him. They'd turned against him, turned against everything he stood for. But he goes on to say this, and let me read this again. Talking about us, he said, You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness in this marvelous light. Verse number 10 said, which in times past were not a people. There was a time that we wasn't part of the church. There was a time we didn't have. There was a time that this boy that was cast underneath that bush, it was a time that he didn't have any hope. He was 15 years old and he was in despair. Don't tell me he wasn't in despair. He was. 15 years old being cast out, used to the luxuries of life, used to a warm place to sleep used to food to eat, used to having anything he wanted. But now he was an outcast and had nothing. The Bible called us dogs in the word of God. You know, it's what it called us. We didn't have any hope. But thank God, God made a promise and he's going to take care of it. Which in times past were not a people, but are now a people of God, which hath, not, which hath obtained mercy. So I read on in the word of God, I find out, all of us are blessed of the Lord. He said, but now thou hast found mercy. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 through 13, said, at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. We didn't have anything. That boy laying underneath that bush felt like all was lost. He felt like all was gone. Listen, folk, I'm telling you, in a world that looks dismal and dark, we still have hope in this life. And Paul said, we don't only have it in this life, we have it, we have it in the life to come. We've got something to praise God for. He could have walked off and left us without hope, but he didn't do that. But when he said to us, listen, and he said, you, you, got, you got a promise. But now Jesus Christ, who sometimes were far off, made nigh, nigh by the blood of Christ, in realizing what God done. You know, and Sarah tried to solve a problem that she had in the very beginning, and she was, she, when she wasn't able to bear a child. And according to the written code of, of, of the, back in 1917 B.C., the law of Mesopotamia at that time, Abraham, the child would have been delivered and then and Sarah, Sarah, when that baby was born, was put in the lap of Sarah. Thus they called it Sarah's child, even though Hagar had that baby. Hagar was, a, in, the, in, in the Bible, was a woman according to the book of Genesis. She was an Egyptian slave. Some historians say she was a princess and maiden of Sarah, then known as Salai, whom Sarah gave to her own husband, Abraham. 
And she threw that child under the shrub. I sometimes felt like the Gentiles got a raw deal in this situation. Then God turned around and said, listen, I came to my own and my own rejected me. But there are some folks who love me. I want to tell this church there's hope for every one of us. Every one of us. I'm not a Jew. I'm not a Jew. I don't have a Jewish nose. I don't have a Jewish figure. I don't have a Jewish name. But I want to tell you something. I know there's a hope in this life. There's a hope in this life. Sarah thought it was all. Sarah thought she was doing the right thing when she cast out Hagar. And Hagar thought it was all over. Hagar thought, well, there's no hope now. She sat down and she began to cry. Thank God I've gone. One day I went to an old-fashioned altar. And I began to cry. And I said, God, I need you more than I need anything. I know I need some hope. I need some love and mercy. I was like that bush baby. I was tossed aside. Didn't look like I was going to ever be saved. Mom and dad were not church folks. They didn't teach me about Jesus Christ. They didn't teach me about his love and mercy. But Abraham, Abraham had taught down through the years. You know, Abraham was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. He was 100 years old when Isaac was born. Sarah was 90. These folks were up in years. And so when she cast, when she cast Hagar out, and it looked like no hope was there. God come along and brought hope. And when it looked like we had no hope, the Lord came along and gave us hope. When it looked like we didn't have any strength, the Lord came along and gave us strength. When it looked like we were dying without God, then the Lord came along and made a way where there seemed to be no ways at all. I wish today that we were living in a time that, that many, many folks would receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I wish a revival would sweep our nation and people would be born again of water and spirit. Baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. When I thought about this child that was thrown aside, many of us felt like they have no hope. I run into people all the time who feel like they have no hope. I run into people all the time who feel like they have nothing to live for. But if they'd only realize that that baby under the bush got some life, if they'd only realize that baby in that bush, God made a way where there seemed to be no way at all. When it looked like all hope was gone, God give him hope. God gave him peace and shelter. Even though he became a wildcat of a man, he fought with everybody. Kind of reminds you of the United States of America. We fight with everybody. We stand our ground. He was a wild man according to the word of God. And very, very, very rough and tough. But he still needed salvation. I don't care how old a person is or how young a person is, they need God in their heart. And I need him, you need him, all of us need this presence of the Lord down inside of our soul. I thank the Lord tonight that I can say one day God got a hold of me. Even though I might have been thrown under a bush, the Lord gave me hope. My parents didn't raise me to serve God, but God got a hold of me and taught me how to serve him. And pastors, pastors that taught me the word of God, teachers that taught me about him. And I thank God for that a thousand times. Can I call myself a bush baby? I believe I can because... I was tossed aside without any hope. I even heard the preacher's wife say one time, don't waste your time picking that boy up. He'll never amount to anything. Don't go get him for church. You're just wasting your gas. I felt like that baby tossed underneath that bush. But you know what? God didn't give up on me. She might have given up on me, but God didn't give up on me. And God made a way that I could be saved. And I thank God for that too.
So if you're feeling down and out and you feel like that there's no hope, there is hope. If you haven't got the Holy Ghost yet, hold on, you're going to get it. But you've got to seek for it. You never fill a, a, a jar upside down. You always turn the mouth up. So put your, put your eyes to the sky and begin to call on God. Say, God, I need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When you do that, God will bless you. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. I might recount just a little bit, recount a little bit when I received the Holy Ghost. I got baptized, I believe, on a Wednesday night, if I'm not mistaken. And I went to the altar every night for the next three nights. I didn't quit praying. I didn't go one night and then skip three or four, but I went every night because I wanted the Holy Ghost. It's according to how bad you want it. It's according to how bad you want it. And when I sought the Lord, I gave it everything I had. I can't do that now. I don't have any strength. But I, th I thank God that in my heart there's a desire to serve him every day. But on the third night, I was seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God filled me. I put on Facebook this week, nobody had to tell me I had the Holy Ghost. You shut your finger in the car door, nobody has to say, did you know you just shut your finger in the car door? No, you don't have to. I said, did you know that? Yeah, I knew that. When I received the Holy Ghost, Brother Bob, I knew God filled me with the Holy Ghost. He changed my life. Bob often talks to me about how that God saved me. He said, you wasn't such a bad guy, but I was a sinner. I was lost and undone. Ishmael wasn't such a bad guy, but he was lost. He needed, he needed God's love and mercy. He needed God's grace. And God gave it to him. So I feel like tonight all of us have got to understand we're all a bunch of bush babies that God got out from under the bush of life. And God give us hope. God give us joy. He give us love and understanding. He blessed us. All we've got to do is accept the blessing every day. I'm closing. Not very long, is it? But I thank the Lord for that. And I praise him for all that he's done. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, get the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I see Branson, he's wanting to play music so bad. But the way to play music around here, boys, get the Holy Ghost. Let God fill you with the Holy Ghost and live a good life. Can he play? I believe he can. But only when he gets the Holy Ghost. Others around you say, well, I don't think I'll ever get the Holy Ghost. Well, with an attitude like that, you never will. Probably this boy under the bush thought it was all done because he was so weak, his mother was able to cast him under that bush. So that lets me know he was on his last leg and God came along and made a difference. So if God wants to make a difference in your life, let him do that. Let him change you. Let him set you free, and I know he will. Turn our service back over to Brother Rod.